You are listening to the Sober Dad Podcast, where we talk about raising kids and not glasses. Hey, and welcome to episode 17 of the Sober Dad Podcast. Before we get started today, just want to remind you that you can contact me at soberdadpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at soberdadpod, on Facebook at soberdadpodcast, and my website podpage.com slash soberdad. If you want to support the show, you can do that with the link below in the show notes. And with that, let's get started. Today, I want to talk about gaslighting. I'm sure you've heard that term used on social media, on the news, all over the place. It's become a lot more popular in recent times, and people can equate that to the news gaslighting you, politicians gaslighting you. But in the recovery sphere, I want to focus on gaslighting. There are people that talk about narcissists and how they gaslight people. And essentially what it is, is making someone question their reality and essentially convincing them that they're crazy. Using terms like, that's not what happened, or you're being too sensitive are ways of gaslighting someone to think that maybe the problem is them and not you. An easy example of this is for me when I was drinking and no one knew that I was drinking, whenever someone would confront me on it, usually my wife, I would always have some kind of canned response or answer that would shift blame away from me and either onto something else or someone else. So if I was acting tired and drunk or whatever, it definitely wasn't the booze. It was, of course, I'm not drinking. I'm just really tired because the kids have been crazy today. Or when she would ask me, what's wrong with you? I would say, I'm fine. What's wrong with you? You're being weird. And that's just a way that gaslighting works by deflecting things from you to someone else and if you do that enough times the person can start questioning if they're the ones being weird or they're the ones that have the problem i used to blame everything but alcohol when my wife would ask me what's wrong i would tell her oh i took too many allergy meds or I'm taking this supplement, and I would scour the internet looking for any kind of rare adverse side effect that might explain my change in behavior and everything. And I would usually find something, and then I would just have to give up taking that supplement, even though I actually enjoyed them and thought that they were helping me in my physical activities. But... I would have to forego that because at the time I was not ready to admit that it was alcohol and I wasn't ready to stop using alcohol. 
And I was afraid of telling the truth to my wife. So I was looking for any kind of scapegoat that I could get. Some days it was, oh, I didn't eat anything today, or I had too much caffeine, or I didn't have any caffeine. Literally any excuse I could find. And there's also when you gaslight yourself. For instance, I would shift the blame of why I drank to other things. Obviously, internally to myself, I would have this self-conversation, this internal dialogue, like, well, I do all these things, and I don't get to do any hobbies or anything that I used to do and like to do. So I get to drink, I want to drink, because that's the only thing that's mine, the only thing I get to do for myself and I would just warp my thinking and my reality in order to serve my addiction so that I could justify it. And when you do that, when you change your mindset to be able to justify drinking, it makes it very easy to rationalize anything. That's where the triggers and things come in, because I could use any excuse to justify drinking. Like, I stubbed my toe this morning. Oh, I better just go drink, because that'll make me feel better. Or my wife did something I didn't like, so instead of actually speaking to her about that, I would just wait for her to go to work, and then I would drink. Or if the kids were being too much, then I would just start drinking a little earlier than I normally do just to get through the day. And now that I'm sober, none of those things have gone away as far as reasons that I used to justify drinking. My kids are still a lot. They're still a handful. Sometimes my wife pisses me off. That's marriage. Sometimes I just wake up in a bad mood or just having a crap day. And the difference now is I have to employ different ways of dealing with those things, coping with my emotions, with my reality, without using something or some kind of substance to alter my reality. And what I've been doing is, for one, the podcast – I never feel crappy after recording an episode. I don't care how bad I think the episode is or if I'm not really into the topic. That always helps me after just speaking and getting getting my words out, getting my thoughts down onto a recording so then I can go back and listen later and I'll remember the thoughts I was having in the moment, and I'll know how to better articulate my wants and needs to other people around me. Because since I've been sober, the communication with my wife is infinitely better, but there's still room for improvement. We still sometimes don't communicate our wants and needs to each other in the appropriate way, and there's still a lot of expectations and assumptions. So now that I've broken that cycle of gaslighting myself into thinking I need or deserve a drink, now I have to tell myself and think that 
I don't have to drink over this. I can do something else for myself instead. And you need to figure out what works best for you, preferably a healthy thing to do, like go on a walk or something that is beneficial, not stuffing your face full of sugary things and unhealthy foods, whatever, which I understand in early sobriety, I was guilty of it too, whatever it takes to not use or drink. But eventually, there will come a time when you'll have to learn better, more healthy coping mechanisms. So back to gaslighting, what should you do if you feel you are being gaslit by someone? There are certain phrases that you can use to combat their behavior. So if they say, that's not how it happened, you can respond with, well, we remember things differently then. And if they're just being hurtful and using insults or derogatory terms towards you, you can say, if you continue to speak to me like this, I'm not going to engage. And if they're trying to convince you that it's not the way you see it is or something didn't happen, then you can say, I hear you and that isn't my experience. That's not what I felt. What gaslighters like to do is put labels on your emotions and try to tell you how you're feeling. They'll say, you're angry, or you're upset, or you're being mean, things like that. And they just use that to try to shift the blame away from them again. You're just being angry, or you just don't remember. And... In order to combat that, you need to stick to your feelings. You need to tell them how you feel. When someone labels it, say, you're just mad, then you need to counteract and say, no, I am concerned or I am upset. And it's a good practice when dealing with other people that instead of labeling their emotions and telling them how they feel, you use verbiage like, it seems that you are mad. Or you can say, the story I'm telling myself is that you are angry with me because of blank. T offering it in that light is you're telling them how you feel or how you perceive they are feeling without telling them you are being blank. And that will make the person you're interacting with not feel so attacked. So the biggest thing to remember when dealing with someone who is gaslighting you, and even if you're gaslighting yourself, is to not play along when they start doing things like saying that's not how it happened, don't entertain that notion. Your reality is your reality. You need to stick to your guns. Unless you have some kind of short-term memory loss, 
diagnosis or some condition where it's possible that things happened a different way, believe yourself. Don't let someone else tell you what your experiences are and how you see things or how you feel. You are your own person. And when someone is gaslighting you, they're trying to make you think their way. They're trying to bend you to their will so they can get away with whatever it is they're doing. There go them kids yelling in the background, having fun or fighting or something. Speaking of kids, you can see in their behavior where they're all like all children are kind of little mini gaslighters from time to time because it's very similar in the aspect where I can witness something happen with my own eyes or hear something happen with my own ears. And when I confront my children about it, they will say that didn't happen or that's not how it happened. Even though you have all the evidence in front of you, you, you witnessed it and they still try to pretend like, it didn't happen. They'll try to convince you that things didn't go that way. So I think all children to some degree are little gaslighters because they fear consequence. They fear timeout or being grounded or whatever it is. So when you see them doing that behavior, you can use these tools Instead of confronting a gaslighter head on and saying, you're lying to me or things like that, which would only escalate the situation, use the tools we talked about before. We remember things differently. I'm not going to speak to you if you are talking to me like this. And then when the situation is diffused, you can revisit it later. With the kids, if my kids do something like this... I will present them the evidence that I have. So let's say that my three-year-old pulled my five-year-old's hair because she was mad at her. I can, if I see that with my own eyes, I saw the event happen. And then when I confront my three-year-old, she tries to deny it. A good way to handle this is instead of going up and say, did you pull your sister's hair? Make it more of a statement. I saw you pull your sister's hair or why did you pull your sister's hair? Don't ask them if they did it because that just gives them a little wiggle room to think that, oh, maybe they didn't see it happen. So they can try to lie their way out of it. And that's just going to make things worse for everyone. Because not only now do you need to punish for the physical act that they did, but now they need to have consequences. I shouldn't have said punished consequences. This is uh we don't hit our kids around here kind of kind of house, but we do have consequences for things hitting side note hitting your kids is just going to make them scared of you i know there's a lot of old timers i mean i was raised in a different generation i'm sure a lot of people listening to this were and did you ever feel like you learned a lesson after getting hit other than you are scared of getting hit. So that just incentivizes you to want to lie more the next time you do something wrong and kids mess up all the time. So 
I think it's more pertinent to give them tangible consequences, like they're going to get something taken away, but always make the consequences worse if they lie about whatever the thing is. So back to the conversation about hair pulling. If I asked her, did you pull your sister's hair, even though I have all the information, and she responds with, no, I didn't, then that's just going to already make me mad because I'm being lied to. So when you approach it with, hey, I saw you pull your sister's hair, why did you do that? It eliminates that chance that there's going to be some lying. And then you can dole out the appropriate consequences to the action. So she pulls her sister's hair. Okay, you go to your room for five minutes or whatever. And when you come back, you need to make things right. And in this house, that's apologizing, preferably giving a hug, and then letting the other person who was wronged have their say and decide what they want to do next. And when you catch your kids lying, what we do in this house, because my three-year-old's already pretty good about this, if I do ask the question, did you do this? The first thing she usually says is, am I going to get in trouble? Which my normal response afterwards is, you're going to be in more trouble if you lie to me about this. And oftentimes that gets to the point. But like I said before, eliminate the chance that they will lie to you. Use matter-of-fact statements. And this can work with adults as well. Instead of instead of asking a question like, are you drunk? Which would open the door to someone being able to lie their way out of it. This is just an example, by the way. I don't recommend confronting random people about being drunk. But this is what I would do if I was in my wife's situation now, knowing what I know. So let's say someone I care about who isn't drinking or claims to not be drinking is drunk or appears drunk. Instead of asking them, are you drunk or have you been drinking? I would observe the behavior and then say, hey, it feels to me and seems to me that maybe you've had a couple to drink or what I, what I'm feeling or what I'm seeing is that you seem off like you're drunk or something. The more times you use the word me and I and not you and your deflects some of the perceived blame away from that person and it is less likely that they will immediately go into turtle mode and start trying to defend themselves. There'll be a, at least a pause for them to contemplate what their next move should be. There's a pretty interesting article on psychology today about the anatomy of gaslighting. I'm not going to read the article because it is very long, but there's some interesting insights in there 
things such as specific gaslighting behaviors. There's insult and accusations and blaming, which we covered earlier. And then some of the motivations for gaslighting, such as avoiding accountability, which rings very true to me when I was in my drinking. I would say or do anything to avoid being found out and being accountable to the fact that I was drinking. And I think every alcoholic can agree with that. The accountability for your substance use was the last thing that you wanted to fess up to or own up to, be it to someone else or to yourself. We did not want to be accountable to anyone about things like that because we felt like we needed it. We felt like we deserved it. And at times we couldn't even control our desire for the substance. Another motivation for gaslighting is control. Another motivation for gaslighting is control. I used to want to maintain control of the situation of the conversation to steer it away from anything that might shed any light on my drinking or that would put the spotlight on me. I wanted to shift the blame away and I wanted to control it so that my wife was looking at herself and her decisions and her reality. That is probably one of the hardest things I have to deal with still today is realizing and taking ownership of the fact that I did this to the person that I love more than anyone else for years. I did this to her for years. She legitimately at times would think she's crazy because of how much I gaslit her and all the lying I did. And I have to live with that. I have to make amends every single day to her through my words, my actions, and that's never going to fully go away. And I understand that. And the fact that she's still with me at all is a miracle and more than I deserve. But what I can promise to her and to myself is that I'm going to do my best every single day to never put her through that again. And that's all I can do. And there you go. So we covered what gaslighting is, some examples of gaslighting, some things you can do to counteract gaslighting if you're being gaslit or gaslighting yourself. Also, some of the reasons behind why people gaslight people. So hopefully you can use some of these tools moving forward to be more aware of either you doing it or someone else doing it to you. Or you can use some of the tips that I talked about with my kids and you can apply that to parenting. Don't let them little little dudes gaslight you. Hold them accountable because in the end, gaslighting is just an effort to avoid accountability. As always, shoot me a follow on Twitter at SoberDadPod. 
Facebook at the Sober Dad Podcast. My website again is podpage.com slash sober dad. And there goes the kids again in the background. If you want to support the show, links are in the show notes. If you want to contact me directly about anything show related, you want to come on the show or just want to say, hey, and you don't have social media, then you can contact me at SoberDadPodcast at gmail.com. And that's... Oh, share the show. Please share the show. And if you feel so inclined, you can leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast listening app that doesn't really help with the algorithm but it's nice to get that feedback and it helps other people it's like social credit it helps other people see if you like the show or not and with that i'm john skillman and remember raise your kids and not glasses jelly bean have it